this is what the Lord has us talking about. God, thank you for helping each one of us. Thank you so much. God, there is so much. I thank you that I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so grateful. So that I'll put all of my trust in you. I can't think a thought, God. I can't make sense. You, God, are great. You are great. You are great on the inside of me, on the inside of us, so that we can speak what you say, so that we can hear what you say, so that our hearts can receive it. Thank you, God. So we'll start in verse 16. God, we're asking you that you would grant to us according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with power through your spirit in our inner man, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled up to all the fullness of you, God. Now to you who are able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to you be the glory. Say, to you be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all genera generations forever and ever, amen. Oh God, to you be the glory. To you be the glory. Ephesians talks about what has happened to us and then us being made the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and God's purpose for us and it is so grand and it is so of God that we would have never thought that we could we would have never thought of something like that but that even that we could be involved in that we would have never thought that because we we wouldn't think that that would be possible for us but then when we read it in God's word and it causes our faith to come and we see he really does mean this because he really did do this work that we it's us it's talking about us it's talking about you and me individually and then as the church as God's family as his body and he has a divine purpose for us and it's far beyond what we understand when we're born again. But we begin to learn about it, and God begins to reveal it to us. And what I've been seeing every day is just more, I'll see a glimpse. And I'll know that that's God, but it's so grand that, and so great that I can't put it into words yet, but I know 
that God will do that. He will put that into words, and he will give me more, of, more and more of an understanding of it, but I'm seeing more and more and more of God's divine purpose for us, and I am so thankful for it. It's that spirit of wisdom and revelation that comes from God that we can't think no matter how hard we concentrated, no matter how high our IQ was, but God, revelation means God takes the cover off of it. You don't know if there was a cover on this. You wouldn't know what was under here. It could be anything. Then when he takes, oh, you can see it. And so I've been saying for several years, I see, I see it. I see it, God. I see it, and I'm seeing it. Because what you sow, even in your words, you're going to reap. Don't you want to see it? Don't you want to hear it? Don't you want to know? Like, know him. Like, be intimately acquainted with him. And there's a reason that we've been blessed with, as, as Ephesians tells us, every spiritual blessing. Paul starts out Ephesians that way, right in verse 3, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And so in the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul's saying what all has happened to us, what has happened to us. And he starts with what happened to us individually in chapter 1. We've been chosen to be holy and blameless before God in him. You've been chosen, and I've been chosen by God himself, the one who, who created everything, the one who can do anything. We've been chosen by him. And then we've been predestined to adoption, adopted by God, adopted by him. And then we've been redeemed through his blood. We've had forgiveness of our trespasses. That is so good. That is so wonderful. To just be forgiven of your trespasses. And then the mystery of his will has been made known to us. And it was a mystery for a long time, but now we in the time that we live in, get to know that mystery. God himself reveals it to us, and we've obtained an inheritance. And it's, it's more than we can imagine. And we've been sealed in him with the Holy Spirit. We've been raised up, made alive together with him, but then we've been raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places. And that is reality. That's the reality that we live in. And that's just more than, 
your nine to five job and what you have to do with your family and all of these are heavenly things this divine purpose this eternal purpose that god has for us and while we're here on the earth we get to walk in it just like god had the purpose for jesus messiah and when he was here he got to walk in that on the earth but it was all from god it was all from heaven it was all to reveal the kingdom it was also jesus could say the kingdom has come near you and the kingdom is within you then in ephesians 2 verse 7 He's doing all this, and we haven't gone over everything that he's done. But in verse 7, he says that he, he's done all this and raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 7. Why? So that in the ages to come, there are ages to come where you and I will be. alive and living eternal life so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus he wants to show us that and then Paul goes on to say that out of Jews and Gentiles he's made one new man that new creation man, and that out of this one new man, these living stones, he is building a house. God is building a house, and he is fitting a whole building together, and it's us. And he's fitting this building together, and we are growing, it says, into a holy temple who would have thought we together are growing into a holy temple in the lord a dwelling of god in the spirit and this new man jew and gentile that are now one both in one body because there's just one body through the cross this dwelling of god this temple this church now makes known through it the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. That's what our purpose is. We have been made something and seated somewhere and built together for God, for his grace and goodness and his power and his love for all of who God is, all of who he is, the fullness of God to be seen in the earth like it was when Jesus was here. But now it's through the church. It's through the many sons that he has brought to glory. It's through his body. It's through each one of us. And you're, you were created for it. it, it it's the one thing that will make you feel alive that will fulfill you because it's what you were created for when something is used for what it's created for it reached it reaches its highest purpose and this is what we were created for we were created to have authority in the earth over all the power of the enemy under one supreme authority god 
And this is the ranking, God and then you. That's the ranking. God and the church. And so we answer to one. We answer to God. And God's, God has given that authority to us under him. And so it's like it was in the beginning with that Adam and Eve were told to rule. And they were under that authority of God. And then they lost that with the fall. But God, it was always God's plan, so God got it back. In the new creation, in us, in the church. Glory to God. And so in, verse, in chapter 3, verse 19, this is God's plan. Now, the birds do what God planned for them to do. The trees do. The sea does. The ocean does. Everything obeys God. And it's his plan. He can fulfill this. He can do this. He can work this plan in us. He is working this plan in us. His plan won't fail. This is his plan for us. Let's start in verse 19. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. That we would be filled up to all the fullness of God. Humans created in the image of likeness in God and then fallen, but then recreated in righteousness and holiness of the truth, a new creation to be able to be filled up to all the fullness of God. But it's not, it's, it's not separate from, from one another. And that's why God tells us to forgive. But he says to forgive where? From the heart. Forgive from the heart because that's where his, he is. The forgiver, that's how you can forgive. I can't, Chris Goodland can't forgive. But Christ dwelling in Chris Goodland, she can forgive if she will let Christ live through her. And it will really be a forgiveness that I experience where I, there's not anything between me and that person. Because you can forgive, but then there could, but, but God isn't like that. Because when God forgives, when God forgave me, now there's nothing between me and God. Nothing. And that's what, that we could live that divine life and forgive like that here in the earth with how nasty everybody is and sin and all, even us at times, all of that. We could love and really, really love. We could. It would be so unfair for Jesus to say, as I've loved you, that's how you're to love. And I laid down my life for you, so you are to lay down your life for the brethren. And you could do it and be glad to do it and do it rejoicing. Thank you, God. It's a glorious, glorious gospel, and it's a wonderful kingdom that we live in. So if we were all filled up to the fullness of God, like verse 19 says, what would happen? 
verse 20, look at it. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. That's what would be happening. That's what he's able to do. Look how he does it. According to the power that works within us. And then he would get glory in the church. He's supposed to be getting glory in the church like he got glory in Christ Jesus when he was here. In the church, he will get glory because of what he has done. Thank you, God. So what is left to happen so that all this actually works in us? Because he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. This has all happened to us. It's all true. My trespasses are forgiven. I have redemption through his blood. I've been seated. Well, Paul knew what needed to happen. Look at verse 14 in chapter 3. Because he starts out, for this reason. Because all this has happened. Because this is what has been done for you and to you and in you. This is what we're going to do now for this reason. And he says, I bow my knees before the Father. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask God. So in bowing his knees, that's humility. He's saying, I can't, I can't do this. I can't, you know, let this work in me. I have to have, God, I have to have your help. This, re this redemption that we're experiencing, this forgiveness of our sins should make us so free all the time. We should just be so full of joy because this has happened to us. Um, when, you, when somebody saves your life and you were going to die, it was, just, it was for sure. You, you, you were going to die. You were going to pay that penalty, and someone, someone comes in and takes your place, and then you get to go free, and you get to live your life, and you get to enjoy all the things that are here, God put here for us to enjoy, and you get to live, you get to be with your family, and you get to, oh, you, full of joy all the time because of what God has done. That should be how we're living so Paul says, I'm going to start asking God for things, and I'm not going to come with anything that I have. I'm going to come in humility, and I'm going to come in reverence, and I'm going to make my requests. And God, I'm going to ask, because you're the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Verse 16, would you grant to us, would you do this, God? Would you grant to us? And that grant there is... To you, it's been granted. To, when you ask, to you, it's been granted. And he says, according to the riches of his glory. Think, just think about riches. Think about riches like that are here on earth that some person might have amassed. And that might be more than we can imagine. Like millions is something but then when it goes into the billions and trillions and there's people like people who ha ha have amassed that that's a lot but what about the riches of god what about his riches in glory that is just like a drop 
in the bucket to God's riches in glory, to what he has, to who he is. And so Paul is saying, from your glorious unlimited resources, would you do something for us? Would you do something for your body? From his infinite, God's infinite, from his infinite perfections, no one can say that but God, from his infinite per perfections, there is no limit but what we can carry in us. But Paul is going to pray for something after he says, do this according to your riches and glory, that's going to give us even more of a capacity. Because our capacity for God, uh, it, it expands as we grow in the knowledge of him because that's what God wants to do. Now, he comes in all the way, but what we allow him to do, that's what I'm saying, what we how we let him move through us and work through us, then he, and as we give, as I give up my trying, even, even to bring a message, just give that up. More of God flows out of me. Thank you, God. And I quit trying to pray and like get out of my head and look at him and he'll speak something to me isn't it isn't it a precious thing when he speaks something i love to repeat what god says to me the things that he says so the more that that capacity in me grows, where I learn to give up myself and lose my life and whatever reputation I want to have and however I want to look, well, that's pride and selfishness. I want to look okay. But now I, I want God to get the glory. I want him to get the glory. So I lose my life. So there's no limit at all with God. The limit lies with us, but yet he can do something to help that. Now, there's a certain expectation of favors and donations from people who are extremely wealthy, isn't there? Those people are just looking for where they can give their money because they can only use so much of it for themselves and the people that they... So they're looking for places to give their money and that's what God has done. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. But God is glorified in bestowing these large blessings. He's glorified when that happens. I mean, think about what a blessing it is for you when you give a gift that maybe you had to plan and and work and work things around so that you could give and it's more than you would have ever given but you realize that that's what you're supposed to give and you you are you are so blessed aren't you aren't you just blessed when that happens when you're able to well think about how god how god is he's glorified in doing that for us and this is part of a poem i don't have any idea where it came from but it's it's, thou art coming to a king, large petitions 
with thee bring, for his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. We can't ask too much for him. And so this is the second thing that Paul asks. He's asking that it be, in verse 16, according to the riches of his glory, but then he said to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. We need God's strength, strength because we don't have any. God's purpose in Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith is for us to be filled with all the strength and the righteousness and the supernatural life granted to us by the Spirit of God. It is a supernatural life that's been given to us. It's not a natural life. And it's for us to be filled with the strength and righteousness so that we can live that life so that we lay down the old because the old is passed away and that we really come into the fullness of this new life this new creation that this new purpose this new calling that we have this divine life and live it it's abundant life it's life and life more abundantly it's what satan tries to steal and that's why we don't have more of it yet but then we have this strength on the inside of us and we begin to see so that we can say oh no you don't now i'm not falling for that again no no thank you god he is the spirit of mine and he the holy spirit on the inside of us he comes to strengthen every part of our inner man our intellect Oh, wow, I need his strength. Our affections and our desires, our tastes, what we give our attention to. I need his strength so I will put my attention on his things, on the things of God, so that I will seek the things that are above, just like God's word tells me to, so that I will really do that, so I won't just know I should and do it every once in a while but i will live like that seeking the things that are above because those things are what are going to last forever those are the things that are unshakable our conscience our imagination our memory and our will are to be filled with the power of god Holy Spirit. Now that strengthen there, it suggests strengthening by bracing within as well as girding without. God, Holy Spirit, will be, will by his might in my affections make them vigorous to lay hold upon holy things that are above. That are above and they're, they're my natural inclination to lay hold of them. I wouldn't do that without God. I wouldn't do that without his strengthen me, strengthening me on the inside and letting me see what he has for me. And then that strengthening on the inside makes sure that it's not beyond my grasp. It's not beyond your grasp. Nothing that God has for us is beyond the grasp of the believer who has been raised up and seated in heavenly places with Christ. God will strengthen me to do his will, to focus on the plans that he has for me.
God has wonderful plans. He tells us that plainly. He has wonderful things for us to give us a future and a hope no matter where we are in life, no matter what age we are. The, he has plans that are him. He wants to do the impossible, and he wants to do that in our lives. He wants us to live a life that is full of him doing the impossible for us and in us and through us. It's a power for the tribulation that's in this world. It's overcoming power. It's a power for suffering. It's a power for conflict, the fight of faith in our warfare. God's power by his spirit fits us for that fight. And it's a power for service. There is no other thing that has fit us for service and the spreading of Christ's kingdom except Holy Spirit. There's nothing else. Don't look for anything else. Don't depend on anything else. That's what you've been given to fulfill what God has called you to do. His very spirit on the inside of you and enduing you with power. When you think about our commission, when you think about what Jesus told us to do, then you realize how equipped you are because it's the same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do you know how many people need to be delivered from demons right now just in, in, in the uh, half a mile radius of our church? Or healed or set free? And we have the equipment on the inside of us to do that. And we're the only ones that have it. This, the psychiatrists do not have it. No one else has it, but, the, but we have it. And that is our calling. God has asked us to do that. So he equipped us with the Holy Spirit. That strengthening also, we're done in two minutes, is moral power and excellence of soul. You need that. Strengthen on the inside of you moral power and excellence of soul. 2 Timothy 3.20 talks about vessels for honor. Those vessels that are fit for the master's use, those vessels, they're sanctified. They're set apart, and they have cleansed themselves from certain things. How, how have they cleansed themselves? Because we can't cleanse ourselves. But Holy Spirit on the inside of us, strengthening us with that moral power and that excellence of soul, says, hey, you can't do that anymore. That's not, that's not part of being sanctified and set apart for what God has for you. And you don't want to because it just is a drain on you. It just, it just when you do those things that you can't, you can't see any, you know, I can see, I can see the kingdom. I can see those glimpses. But when I'm not walking in the spirit and when I am not watch, watch, what does Proverbs say? With all diligence, your heart, guard your heart. 
Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart. Then, look, I can't see. It's kind of fuzzy, and I know it's there. But it's just something that has gotten, gotten in that I, can be, that I can cleanse myself from by the power of the Holy Spirit and see again. Oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. So let's all stand. There's so much. So much. And see, we, um, if, you, if you aim low, if you aim low, where is that arrow going to go? Where is that bullet going to go? It's going to go low. We are aiming high. That's what we're doing on Sunday nights. We're aiming high. Oh, thank you. God. And only because God, only by his strengthening on the inside of us are we doing that. But God, we do. We see it. We see your kingdom. We see your purposes. We see what you've done in us and how you have completely equipped us to be here representing you in the earth and, and you getting glory through your church. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Thank you, God, for doing that for us. In Jesus' name, amen.